and let's say a community has, um, for the sake, because I can't do math, a million dollars. <laughs> and that's, that's the all that a little community has. They have a million dollars and they have some farms and they have some people who make things and some creators. And they, you know, if they, if they circulate all that million dollars inside that community they pay for the the eggs or they pay for the this or they you know they they just circulate it they can have a real nice quality of life Mm -hmm. but if that same community says we have a million dollars and we're going to send it away (laughs) someplace else um that never comes back to us in any way they they deplete their available resources and now they have ten dollars left for the community and things start folding up and things don't work and and you don't have any of the richness it's it's amazing what happens when you feed the local economy providing inspiration and community for women in business of middle tennessee this is powered by her with tiffany Welcome to Powered by Her. I am Tiffany Anton, and I have my dear friend, a supporter of Powered by Her, all things, Lisa Yurick in today. Thanks for coming back, Lisa. I love any time we get to spend together. Me too. I know this is going to go by so quickly, but um, if you haven't caught... multiple now um, previous episodes the first one was in November of 2021 Um, we did a live broadcast audience with you so go back and and look at listen to that episode or or watch it on YouTube and um, it was just it was kind of your book launch party that was such a special moment it was was, a special night and I loved like there were men in the audience and there was one man that said I I don't even know why I'm here but this was amazing (laughs) it was transformational for him I know so so yeah. it was, um, it, yeah, so go back and listen to those. And then we've done some in the past couple of months where we just talk about all the things. So you're one of my favorite people to talk mm-hmm. with. You're so um, well-spoken Same. and I love um, having a co-host like you here today. You're so. going to call me a co-host? Yes, <laughs> my guest co-host. I, I like, uh, I knew I could have you take the reins with, with me. And um, But we're going to take a second to thank some of our partners. That's too. Thanksgiving is next week. I'm getting uh, excited for all the good fixings match potatoes ham turkey pecan pie let Honey Baked Ham in Cookville help you out. If you love cooking a turkey and don't want to hassle with all the sides, Honey Baked Ham can help. If you have a crew bringing over all the side dishes and would rather spend your morning at a turkey trot, shout out to the YMCA, pick up your main meat at Honey Baked Ham. Be sure to call today to get your orders in. You do not want to be hungry on Thanksgiving. Call Honey Baked Ham at 931-520-4426. Have you ever, oh my gosh, I love really like good. all the things. So, and you could, you could, you know, kind of make it smaller portions if you don't have a million people coming over and all that good stuff. I don't love, or you love, can have leftovers. I don't love cooking. Thanksgiving's so. best. That's that's very yes, true. Offering. So, yeah. um, so we, we're kind of ent- entering, it's mid-November and we're entering the holiday season. And so we wanted to talk, you are a, a multi-business owner these days. Mm. So you have a retail space now <laughs> for about a year. Yeah, it's, it's right at a year. A right year. Yeah. Um, so, and then you've had a manufacturing company for... Eight years. Eight, oh eight years. Eight years now. I believe it. Um, and so you kind of see different aspects of, of business owning, but the whole retail space, I'm sure mm. just opens a different kind of realm for you. Oh, it does. And it's, you know, it's, it's always been true. And, you know, in our manufacturing world, we make Franklin fixtures, we make fixtures for small businesses across the country. So every 
most of the orders are going to somebody who has put their 401k into it, put their life in it, put their family mortgage. I mean, and their kids are working in the store. The kids are in the store. They're working hard to bring something special to their communities. Mm -hmm. And so we've been really in that space a long time and seeing and hearing, um, the good stories, the, the beautiful stories and the challenging stories too of, of telling people and helping people understand what it means when you buy locally and and i'd love to unpack that today. yeah so i thought that this was you know most of our listeners if they're not a business owner um are in you know communities where shopping small really impacts kind of the the heartbeat of those communities Mm -hmm. and so i felt like this was a really good um topic for us to talk about i think um i work in economic development this is Surprise, surprise, Power by Her is not my day job. <laughs> um, and so I work in with entrepreneurs in economic development. Right, and right. so that impact of bringing money into a community um, really kind of changes the heartbeat. It changes everything. It's really interesting how um, a community, if you think about it, like a bank or like something, you know, and let's say a community has, um, for the sake, because I can't do math, a million dollars. <laughs> and that's, that's the all that a little community has. They have a million dollars and they have some farms and they have some people who make things and some creators. And they, you know, if they, if they circulate all that million dollars inside that community, they pay for the, the eggs or they pay for the, this, or they, you know, they, they just circulate it. They can have a real nice quality of life. But if that same community says we have a million dollars and we're going to send it away someplace else, um, that never comes back to us in any way, they, they deplete their available resources. And now they have $10 for the community and things start folding up and things don't work and, and you don't have any of the richness. It's, it's amazing what happens when you feed the local economy. Well, and like that, I love that example because I think sometimes when people, um, think economic development, they think, oh, that's a government thing. That's like out of my hands. It's boring, whatever. Um, but likewise, if you have a community that has a million dollars and you put in, 10 shops that are unique and interesting and bring people from neighboring communities, Mm. then you're not only have the million dollars, now you're adding in more money into that downtown or that small business community where these employees of these small businesses mm-hmm. so how many employees do you guys have at plenty now at plenty we have 15 15 employees 15 employees that yeah. are whether they're the you know breadwinners in their family or not they're mm-hmm. still bringing in money to their homes for whatever reason and a lot of your customers some may be within our own community but also people are coming from outside communities and spending money here where then your employees get to take that money home and and spend it in in our community well and we're a nonprofit, so we're a we're a a registered nonprofit. which means let me just say for those who don't understand your employees make money the employees make money yeah people say to me sometimes well how do you live you work for a nonprofit. well we get paid so nonprofit just means well it it just means that it belongs to itself its own it's its own entity so nobody's going to get rich off of a nonprofit. Mm -hmm. but it's kind of a tax thing at the end of the year and well it's also a tax thing Mm -hmm. it it uh, it helps with the taxes because nobody's going to get rich because it exists for some sort of public good. 
and the IRS recognizes that. So you can put all of the money back into the programs, back into the people, back into the products. You can fold every, any money that's made back into enriching the nonprofit and growing the nonprofit. And that's true of any nonprofit. Mm-hmm. So by choosing to make plenty a nonprofit, we're choosing to donate everything that Dave and I are, everything that we've contributed, and we don't own it. So people will be like, you're the owner of plenty. I'm, I'm the founder of plenty. Mm-hmm. One of them, you know, so, uh, and Ashley Michael is managing it and she agreed, she chose, she always wanted to own a bookstore, Mm -hmm. but she agreed for this to be a nonprofit, which means she will never own a bookstore Mm -hmm. as long as she works with plenty. She will invest in a bookstore. She will put her heart and soul and family in a bookstore and she does. And she will do that for the public good, for the good of our community. Mm -hmm. And, and so long as the community understands that, that we're folding it in together. So, um, if the schools, for instance, if they have a scholastic book fair, we sell scholastic and we can do a scholastic book fair too. If they go through plenty, Plenty has money for programming, for book clubs, for bringing authors, for doing more stuff. But if they go through Scholastic Direct, that money goes out of our community and we never see it. We don't yes. have any residuals to yeah. do those good things. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's that million dollars that we, you know, yeah. kind of community that we started with is that you know you you really do need to think as a consumer yeah. where you're putting your money where are you sending your money and and, and it's so easy with our little phones mm-hmm. with that amazon store yeah. you know where we can go pop 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 and it's on my door two or three days later mm-hmm. and that has that convenience that efficiency is just so much the easy box but it takes money out of our community and and we don't think and we're like well what is community anyway it's the people you love mm-hmm. that's who your community is it's mm-hmm. people you like and love and some people you know, want someone they're well, still you know, in your community you know. you have to, you know. <laughs> but if, if people think of my community it's you know they can you know if you just look around and go these are people i like and love they are by definition your community yeah and the community i mean you think about it in a broader way mm-hmm. but a lot of people think of it kind of small but even even and even when you think of it small it matters and mm-hmm. so what what like plenty is an example of a nonprofit like the biz foundry that is trying to do more and more for more people yeah and help more people so we're trying to build a book culture you mm-hmm. know so we're linking arms with the library and with the schools and with the businesses around us and we're measuring the impact the economic impact that the other stores local stores have by having a a bookstore because the bookstore in particular Harvard Business School is doing a study and we're participating um there's evidence to suggest that if you put a bookstore in a walkable downtown lots of of local stores get a lift so we hope that's true and that's our aim so and and you look at emma and the glass tangerine and you look at now Hillsdale Home and the French Sumas, cookie and the French P. Dilly. Oh my goodness, what Kirsten's doing? You yeah. know, it, all P. Dilly, all of the ones downtown. They're really trying to do something not only for business reasons, but for their community, for a sense of a deeper, a deeper reason. I, you know, just. So, so those people who aren't in our community, mm-hmm. um, what we've just mentioned are local businesses right. in this downtown walkable area of where we live. Um, but the uh, the businesses that you just said, mm-hmm. 
most of them are female owned. Yeah. And so what do you think, do you think there's a correlation with female owned businesses and then that impact to want to improve the community that we live in? Well, I think there's definitely a a nurturing archetype and Mm -hmm. this sense of, I want to, I want to do, I want to, you know, feed improve and harvest and, yeah. and improve and that sort of thing and I think that's very much part of the feminine aesthetic or the feminine archetype that uh, that we women love well actually if you know women's development and Carol Gilligan is a famous I'm a developmental psychologist so I have to pull that in I always. love it and so Carol Gilligan wrote it in a different voice and she talked about how girls young girls get to know themselves by knowing how they are alike and different from each other. So they tend to use like a lot. I, we were going to the, the ball game the other day, the football game at the high school, and I was behind some, some young girls, and they were talking. And it was they're talking about the peer group. They're talking about what our peers are wearing. They're talking about, well, there were three people wearing that, and four people had ears, and probably you know, that sort of thing. And girls specifically need that conversation and that collaboration to figure out who am I? Mm-hmm. That's how that's their discovery. And male development happens a little differently. It's it's a little more competitive and is, isolating. So it's more like I got to go out in the forest and I got to dig around. <laughs> I got to find stuff and I got to think about stuff and I've got to have this autonomy and my sense of where do I rank in the pecking order and all of that. So it's a different process for young boys to find their sense of self than it is for young girls. And I think that extends into our adulthood too, Mm -hmm. that uh, men often like to play sports or to do things that are competitive or to watch something together and cheer for the same team or not, you know, or find things that they do. Not that men are collaborative too. and and women are competitive too. Yeah. So, you well, know, and that's I, I you know. as you're saying this, it's kind of it makes me laugh because I think that I operate in a more masculine from my masculine energy, and I I am very competitive and I want to win, but but because I am female and I have feminine energy, I want every especially when it comes to business stuff, I want everybody to you win. You want everybody and to win. And it's not yeah. necessarily and it's it is a very competitive of like I want us all to win so that we're the best community around. Well, and, you know? and my professor I had a professor years ago who said we teach what we need and that's mm-hmm. always stayed with me. So if you think about the podcast, it is meeting your need mm-hmm. for conversation. Yeah. It's meeting your need for finding how you are different and alike other from than other women especially and you know extending that who am I and how do I develop myself because in that conversation it helps you it helps others too well so. I hope it helps listeners a lot I yeah. mean we're, we're, we're kind of getting on a tangent which yeah. is great for me and you <laughs> um, but I do think that hearing other women say things makes you think oh I'm more like other women than I you know you feel so alone sometimes when you're not yeah. having those uncomfortable conversations well and to draw us back I mean loneliness is one of the other literacy is the biggest disease that we have it's the it's the thing that is most shared around the world that keeps people from participating in society 81 billion people around the world cannot read or write and participate in their own language but second to that especially in the united states loneliness is emerging Mm -hmm. as one of the key factors that is a a dis-ease a a problem Mm -hmm. and resulting in death and resulting in all kinds of other dysfunctions and diseases and 
a cure for loneliness is connection. And mm-hmm. what you're doing here is connection. And what we do when we shop locally is connection. <laughs> See, we so, wrapped it back up. Right now. <laughs> we, we got back to it. Well, because it's because that's what I mean. Like plenty. There's you know some people told me they said the best thing you'll ever do is open a bookstore in terms of your faith in humanity and the way you feel about people and just how it feels for you. And every time I get to be in the store, and work with and serve people and talk with people and it is just the most uplifting experience i mean it's amazing and people find these deep connections well and i think likewise um you know as a consumer i yesterday i went to a local boutique owner which i've shopped in her store she's been on the podcast before but um i just went to talk to her i just went and i sat in a chair and we just chatted i wasn't shopping i don't need any more clothes these days and so i just went and and had conversation um and and i left feeling you know, a little more pepped up. And so I think that that is part of the shopping small is having, knowing you know, the importance of the economic development of things that, that your money's staying there, but then developing those relationships, both as the founder or the manager or an employee of the store and the consumer of that, that personal connection of feeling like I'm, you know, I mean, there's hundreds of people that come through these stores every day and I'm just one consumer, but when you truly care about the landscape of your community, you're invested into those relationships and those relationships really do change, change things. Yeah. We, we saw that one of the, the customers and friends who is on our nonprofit board at plenty, she saw somebody in the bookstore, uh, pull out their phone and order something on Amazon. Uh, that they were seeing there in the store and she just chose to kind of give a big lecture there she's like what are you doing you know they are paying to have this here for you they're displaying this for you there's a lot of sacrifice they barely you know break even they need your support and you're going to save three dollars and fifty cents by ordering it on amazon and why would you do that and i thought well that's never going to work shaming people in the store yeah (laughs) Uh, but i hope that we can inspire people to understand because i think a lot of times we don't understand how our small actions add up to these big things. Yeah. And, you know, I, I know from a manufacturing standpoint, you know, we have this little manufacturing plant. You know, we have relative to big ones. You yeah. know, we have uh, 48 people in one endeavor and 15 in another that are all manufacturing. And so that's that many families. You know, if you add up the people, you're in hundreds of people. Even though we have a small manufacturing footprint compared to someone who was manufacturing or running a business from outside of here, um, I've been in deeply with the numbers on some big companies. And you could have hundreds of people, but if it's not locally owned, then the bank accounts aren't here. Yes. The supplier relationships aren't here so all the money goes so there's only you know maybe okay let's say there's a million dollars that goes in payroll locally Mm -hmm. and so that's a million dollars that gets fed into our our community in a small company like ours it's more than that in payroll double that in payroll plus all the supply you know relationships are local we're Mm -hmm. doing local you know countertops and local sourcing and local so the more local you can make it the more so i look and i'm like a little company like ours is doing 10 times the investment economically than a company that is 10 times our size well it's crazy you know it's we nobody wants to to work and and better 
somebody else. I, I don't want to work and have my paycheck go to somebody else. Mm-hmm. And so that's similar to what we're doing when we have these huge, not that they aren't important and they provide jobs and all those, uh, you know, that's not what we're talking about here, but it, it would be similar to you know, working in a corporation where all that money is going to the big city of New York, Nashville, you know, Silicon well, Valley, if, all those kind of things. If, if I have the choice between buying something in a big box store where the where only the salaries stay here mm-hmm. and everything else that's profitable with that store goes someplace else, and shopping in a place that everything stays here, you know, they rely on local resources. You know, so one shop doesn't just do payroll they do like in our little shop we do jamie's eats and sweets we work with emma and glass tangerine we mm-hmm. work with french cookie we work with you know we, we work with oh like I, well and even dozens t- of different y- of local people right well and even just the fact that you may partner with them on events or mm-hmm. or things that you're doing to bring people into the community people are just they know that they want to go to a local bookstore store so they could come into the town but as you said, it's a foot traffic area, and you just pop in and spend a Saturday strolling around downtown, and mm-hmm. and you're all bringing, kind of working together to provide the best experience for this community. And and that creates, it alleviates loneliness. It gives us a chance for community because we do meet each other in these in these shops and on these these downtown sidewalks. I mean, it's just. Um, I remember Dave, my husband, went to Made Here Market last time, and he was walking through the Made Here Market, and he was hugging this person and hugging that person and shaking this person and fist bumping that person, and and he's like, I have a community. Mm-hmm. I knew like fifty people there, and 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 for him that was incredible, an incredible sense of connection yeah. that. I know and work with all of these people that are feeding all of their families, that are doing all of these things, that are creating art and craft and feeding creativity and pouring back into our community. And it's, it's, it requires intention. It requires us to be very purpose-filled and purposeful mm-hmm. about saying, I want to shop local for Christmas. I want to, I'm going to go challenge my local providers and say, listen, this is my budget. This is who I want to delight. And I'm going to partner with them and let them help me create something magical. And, and they, they will, they'll rise to that occasion. They'll do it. One of the things when you're kind of thinking about your Christmas shopping and and your holiday planning, I, um, my, my cousins and I, we've stopped now, but, um, we have, we did a name exchange. So everybody drew a name and, um, and it, it, for, for a few years, my sister and I are the oldest cousins and, and they go down to my youngest cousin is now 18. So, um, we've been adults for a very long time when the cousins were still kids, but it got to the point where it was just like, here, buy me this thing. You know, this is what I want. And here's a link. And I just, I thought, you know, it's not meaningful. I'm, I'm yeah. 41 years old. I can, you know, I can spend $30 on whatever. I don't need right. you to just go buy exactly what I want. I think part of holiday gift giving is thinking about what somebody may like. There's, it's, that's exactly it. And there's a difference between a present and a gift. Yes. Ooh. So a yes. present is like, you know, here's this thing you, you want and I'm presenting it to you. Mm-hmm. I always think of it that way. Yeah. And a gift comes is something that could only have come from me Yeah. or, you know, the, the person who's the giver. Yeah. And it is a, it is more meaningful. It is more, you know, it's infused with things. So I've got this book, Wild Places. 
in front of me. And it's a beautiful book by Sarah Baxter. And uh, and it's about all these places. If, so if, if I wanted to give this to somebody who loves traveling, mm-hmm. and I wrote in this book. I don't know anybody like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I wrote in this book, and I'm like, these are the wild places I see you in. And, yes. I, and I looked at this art, and I wrote in it, and I underlined things. Then it becomes like a conversation that I'm giving them. Mm-hmm. That's a gift. That's well, not something that you go like, okay, here's the link. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and so we had my cousins at one point I said let's I I just was kind of tired of that that presenting presence and so I said get something let's let's make a rule of getting something local that you know that maybe you could make a fan out of somebody else and Mm. and my cousins live all we're we're kind of all throughout oh I love that they're not all in Michigan they're they're in different places but I think one one friend or one cousin got a a bottle of wine from a local winery or um I had given it was our start here magazine what else I but I got some I kind of put together a gift basket of things from here of locally made items and so I think that that taking that time of gift giving and then as the receiver I think sometimes we can get so um materialistic during the holidays especially Mm -hmm. if you have children and they're young and materialistic (laughs) as much as we try and combat that um I think though the take instilling in okay somebody gave me a gift instead of just presented me with what I've already you know I already knew I was getting and so that time it takes to um think about something you know that somebody may want and I thought I saw this and thought of you it's hard at Christmas time because there's so many people that you're so you many. have to think about and you're trying to gift the right thing to it can be taxing but that's why having these local stores that are unique gift shops mm-hmm. I, I talked to the ladies of the painted house which is an interior store but they have so many different kind of things that are curated from what they find beautiful Mm -hmm. and they they want to put in their homes and so I think that that's really when you are gift giving it's important to kind of think about um the intention behind it well and let's think about making it easy I have I have 19 grandchildren that I buy for that's a lot and we buy multiple presents for each of them oh my gosh and I have do you start in January because I I know I start on November 11th oh my gosh so, because Dave and I go away on November 11th, and part of our strategy is to look at everybody. So it's the grandchildren, the children, there's 13 in the children category. And I never gave birth, so this is my joy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, and and then we've got all these employees that we work with, and their friends, and their family, you know, so there's gift giving there. And of course, my mom, my sister, my niece, my nephews. So there's a lot of Christmas celebrations, and there is, are a lot of gifts in my life. So I have to make it easy. So I really rely on partners, you know, and for years I've gone to indie bookstores around the country and I've said, you're in charge of Edward and Esther and here's what I want you to know about them. You tell me what would make a great gift for them that I could, you know, sign off on and that I could be part of. And, and I do think deeply about it because it's, it's, it's the only time I discipline myself to go for each person and go, what? is going to really enrich their life this year. What is really going to help them get where they're going? Mm -hmm. What is going to support them in their quest, um, spoken or unspoken, you know, and sometimes if, if you kind of hit it really right, then you, you, you encourage them along the way and they're like, wow, you see me. That's, that's, that's the, that's what I want people to say is like, wow, you see me. It just hit me right now. Um, (laughs) I got a, a, 
when I, I was maybe 10 ish 10 mm-hmm. to 12 um i got a chicken soup for the soul the first chicken soup for the soul book as a Great christmas book. present mm-hmm. and i thought oh, this is stupid you know I'm, I'm 10 12 maybe yeah. 13 or something and i thought this is stupid i why would i you know what is this even what's this dumb book you know whatever and i and i actually almost felt like my parents were like well you need some good in your life so for, for those people who don't know what chicken soup for the soul is um they're kind of mini stories just to kind of make a you lot feel of heartwarming yes. study, stories and, yeah. and, and now there's twenty seven thousand yeah. chicken soup for the soul books which i i probably own four or five at least <laughs> yeah. now um but at the time it felt like oh what you know why why would they this this seems like a punishment mm-hmm. and once i picked up the book and i thought okay well they clearly took the time to to think about this book and so I started reading it and like I said I you know I have I think I have one two three I have the teacher's book I have the mother's book I have you know kids and I started reading those as nighttime stories to my kids at one point and just what one thoughtful yeah you know one thoughtful intentional gift has kind of you know tracked in the long run you got it at 10 Mm -hmm. and you read it to your children Mm -hmm. when they were the same age yeah wow you know, yeah. think about how many years that has had an impact on it's, you. It hasn't been that long. I'm not that old. It's a, well, it's more than five. Okay. Yes. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's, it's amazing that, that a book is a gift you gift, you open again and again. Yeah. You know, so well, I love, I love that. One of the things I love in that we have are these, uh, Ashley introduced me to these collectible classics and I'm holding a Jane Austen one that is Mansfield Park and it is just, it's got this, you know, um, it, uh, it's, it's a beautiful filigree book and blue pages on the edges and it's just it's the kind of thing you want to live in your home mm-hmm. um i had some help with my closet this week that was kind of a life moment and uh, i was challenged to curate my closet and make it a delightful place yeah. or a place that has and so now i'm like selecting the books that go in my closet and then i can kind of have there to to sort of speak to me in the morning and I, and that's the power of thoughtful gifting you know mm-hmm. uh, the same can happen at the the plant store with emma and and the, the whole crew there you go this is this person this is what's going on in their life they want to be a grower <laughs> they want to do things and and I want to help them in that quest. What what would be really helpful? And yes, you could go on line mm-hmm. or Amazon or whatever, and you could pull up something they show you. But for a little bit, it's the same price or just a little bit more. You're going to get all that curated love and all of that careful. And to curate is to put together on purpose. Mm-hmm. I mean, to really select mm-hmm. and really be selective. And I want when any of those I don't want to just throw money at at gifting and and for I have a lot of gifts and not a lot of money and so it has to go a long way so things have to really hit in the heart mm-hmm. and that means I got to think about them and I usually get a partner to do that with mm-hmm. you know somebody that that can help me here are some things I know about this person here's some things I know about where they're going and what their goals are and what they care about and then um, shopping local it it allows it to stay here and me to have those relationships so when birthdays roll around the same conversation you know this thing that you recommended at Christmas it was a huge hit now it's birthday time how do I build on that and they're going to have ideas and then you can curate your own gifts and stuff and it becomes this exciting it's a thing that feeds your community it's a thing that feeds your relationships and it's a thing that feeds your own soul for sure 
I think um, I we could go on and on and on. Yeah, we could. Um, <laughs> but we're going to wrap up. Okay. Um, <laughs> shop small. Shop um, in your communities. And I, I really like that finding a partner, whether it's the sales clerk at the store that you're going into, but... You know, choose to shop at those places who kind of have that intention of gifting instead of presenting. Mm -hmm. And I think that that, um, I hope that that kind of changes people this holiday season. I think I, 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 we get so into consumerism and materialistic, you know, mindset during this season and it's hard to kind of take a step back and think, okay, Mm -hmm. what are we doing this for? What is, you know, oh, you make your list, check it twice, um, and you just, you know, okay, I got all, everybody, I'm, I'm done shopping, and then it's like, but did I really, was I intentional, and so. It's not about stuff, it's about spirit and soul. Yeah, so. there you go, it's not about stuff, it's about spirit and soul. Thanks for being my co-host today, Lisa, you're the best, I love having you I here. I love being here, thank um, you. We're going to have another episode with her coming up, um, so make sure you stay tuned, and, and all the good things that are coming with Powered by Her. If you want to know more about Powered by Her, head over to PoweredByHer.com. Join the community, support the cause, and we'll see you next week.